0: o'clock service how you guys feeling you guys feeling whoa we're in church we're in church i'm just kidding i think the six o'clock service should be the rowdiest bunch because it's the the people that used to go to the clubs at night on saturday they got redeemed now they're in church but they still want to party that's why we got jamin just doing his stuff over here and uh so i think this should be the rowdiest service but before i do anything go anywhere uh the Bible says to, to give honor to whom it is due. And uh, I don't want to go any farther uh, without giving honor to, to Pastor Rob and to, to Pastor Darren for giving me the opportunity. I'm so unbelievably honored, and I, and I don't take it lightly. Uh, a couple months ago, I was having coffee with Pastor Rob at Starbucks, and he was asking me, uh, like, what are your passions? Davey, what are your passions? What do, you, what do you love to do? What do you love about ministry? So I told him, I was, I was like, oh, Pastor, I love, I love preaching. I love, uh, you know, preaching is like my hobby and it's what I do for a living and I do it like while I'm sleeping. I just love it. I love, I love to preach. I love to, to proclaim God's word. It's, it's exciting to me. And and he responded by saying, yeah, I could totally see you preaching on a, on a weekend, like in like 10 years. And I was thinking, wow, 10 years, that's like soon, like (laughs) 10 years. I got like, I got some good time to prepare and to, to write a, a sermon for my one weekend, and uh, so either it's the year 2022, or this happened a lot sooner than anyone was expecting, uh, but I'm excited, and I don't take it lightly. I'm, I'm pumped, pumped to preach, and, and Pastor Darren, uh, I interned under Pastor Darren for about two and a half years, and it was an amazing experience, but the fact that he's letting me preach today is amazing, because the first sermon he ever heard me preach I didn't use any scriptures. And I think I got done, and he said, hey, great speech. Um, so I've got my Bible this time, though. It was a while ago. So. But again, uh, Pastor Rob, you're in New York. I don't know if you're watching right now, but I'm so honored, so so honored to be here, to be speaking tonight, Pastor Darren. Can we give it up, a huge hand to our leaders, Pastor Rob and Pastor Darren. They are, they are the world's greatest the world's finest leaders. Um, if you don't know me, I'm, I'm Davey Collins. I'm one of the youth pastors, and I get to work with this bunch of peeps right here. The greatest job in the world, and I mean that. I love, I love, I love going to work every single day. It's, it's a joy, and it's an honor. So I'm pumped to be here. I'm pumped that you guys are here. I'm so happy you guys are coming to church now. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, but tonight, as, as Pastor Darren said, uh, I don't want to just Speak. Uh, I don't want you guys just to listen tonight. I believe God is gonna do something just like he does every other weekend at this church. So my prayer for tonight is that ministry would happen, that God would do something, that the, the Holy Spirit would be here. He's, he's here if you can't tell, and the presence of God is here when we're in our, in our times of worship, and I, I know he's here, and God wants to do something in each and every one of our lives. So I'm excited. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get right into it. Uh, the title uh, of, the, of the talk of the sermon That I'm going to preach. It's called Repurpose. Repurpose. Can we pray together? Jesus, we need you in this place. God, I pray that you would have your way. You would have your way in this place. God, I pray that that I would become transparent up on this platform, and that when people look up here, they'd see you, Jesus. Jesus, touch lives tonight. Do what only you can do. We trust you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. I don't know, if you've watched HGTV at all, or the DIY do-it-yourself network, you will see a trend that is happening on that show. Um, how many of you watch that? Just about a show of hands. Okay, so we got some people that will understand it. Uh, it's it's this, this trend called repurpose, repurposing something, or some people call it upcycling. But for tonight, we're going to call it repurposing. It's called repurposing, and repurposing is simply taking something Altering it to make it a brand new item with a brand new purpose. And that, that's that's what, that's what repurposing is. I don't watch HGTV that often. It's not because I think it's dumb um, or because I think it's girly or anything. I don't watch HGTV, the DIY, do-it-yourself network. The reason why I don't watch those shows um, is because I'm thoroughly jealous. I have absolutely zero... Handyman skills. I got a witness. Thank you, Jesus. I have absolutely zero handyman skills. Uh, I watch those shows, and they're like they're they're talking about tools that I've never even heard of before, like all these different like crazy things. And and like I'm standing there like watching the show with a piece of wood, trying to make something. I'm holding like a screwdriver that I got as a wedding gift, I just start hitting like it's not working. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get how they make these things. I have zero handyman skills. Zero. In fact, true story. True story. Sad story. Uh, My wife and I moved into a house, I think it was in February, right? February. I didn't know that, but I do know our anniversary, so we're okay. In February, and uh, we didn't use the air conditioning all winter because we didn't need it. So summer comes, and uh, we're like, yes, time to try out the air conditioning. Turn it on. Nothing. Wasn't working. Like, just was, was pumping hot air. was pumping hot air. It was terrible. So I'm like, all right, baby, I got this. I'll fix it. So I go out there with my one screwdriver that I got as a wedding gift, and I'm, like, hitting it, and nothing's working. <laughs> Nothing. Walk inside. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. It's not working. I can't fix it. So so uh, I, I go to, like, the, the little console where you type in and program it, and am not really sure how that works either, but uh, I pull it off the wall because I'm going to fix it, So. <laughs> So I give it a, because that's what you do, like, 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 it's an old, like, Nintendo game. I blew in the air conditioner. It's a cure-all. Fixes everything. Fixes my Ninja Turtle game and my air conditioner. Fixes everything. I blew into it. I tried putting it back on the wall. I ended up breaking one of the little prongs. Trying to put it, couldn't get it back in the wall, so I broke that part of it. And so finally I was like, Nicole, we got, we got to uh, call somebody to come out here and fix it. So. We call a guy, he comes out, looks at it, cleans it, and he's like, "Should be good to go." So we paid him, paid him, paid him. He left. Turned it on. Nothing. Nothing's working. So we're like, "Okay, we're just going to have to have the windows open and get fans and just hope for the best." And so a few weeks later my mom comes over. And uh, she's like, "Is your air conditioner working yet?" And like, no. And we even paid this guy to fix it and it didn't work. And uh, she said, Have you checked the breaker? I'm going to go check the breaker. So I went outside. It was the breaker. Flipped it, and air conditioning works. I have zero, zero. When I say zero handyman skills, I mean that I have zero handyman skills. That screwdriver is, worse, is just worthless, okay? I, I can't do anything with it. Uh, zero handyman skills. But the good news is, the good news is when it comes to repurposing, repurposing was not HGTV's idea and it was not the DIY do-it-yourself network's idea, but repurposing was all God's idea. Come on, let's look at uh, a Revelation one five. I think it's gonna be up on the screens. Do we have it up on the screens? There it is. Then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make... All things new. I make all things new. Now, this, this passage of Scripture, I believe, is, is one of the reasons that we have such a hard time in our culture and society. We have such a hard time accepting Jesus and his free gift of grace. We have a hard time understanding what true repentance really is about. Is because of this. Because we are a DIY, do-it-yourself kind of culture. We are really good at taking control of things and repurposing them, but we are not good at giving up control so that God can repurpose us into who he wants us to be and to what he wants us to do. We, we are not good at that. And the reason why I bring that up is because we need to understand our relationship with God, first and foremost. That's the foundation. But we cannot understand our relationship with God until we truly understand true repentance. Repentance. And until we understand true repentance, we cannot be repurposed by God into who he wants us to be and to do what he's called us to do. So we need to understand repentance. It's it's foundation. Foundation, repentance. I mean, if you look in the Gospels, in Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist comes on the scene and, and the word repent is the first thing that's said in the preparation and the production of Jesus' ministry. It's absolutely foundational. John the Baptist comes on the scene, he's in the wilderness, he begins to preach, he says, repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then Jesus comes on the scene in, in Matthew chapter 4, and he says, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. We need to get repentance right. It's the first thing that Jesus says, yet so often we get it wrong. So often we get repentance wrong. And I'm going to just stay on repentance just for a little bit, and then, and then we'll get moving in with the rest of this. But we need to get repentance right, and so often we get it wrong. Because when we think repentance... We think, change my external behaviors. We think to change. I have to change. I have to do it. I, I'm like a do-it-yourself repenter. I have to change my behaviors. I have to do I have to be disciplined, white-knuckle discipline, check off the do's and don'ts. That means I have repented. Which is so far from the truth. Changing your external behaviors is actually secondary to what true repentance actually means in Matthew chapter 4 if you look at what that word is translated from the Greek into English repent in Matthew chapter 4 it actually means look again reconsider think differently about what at what Jesus that should that should change the way that you read that passage forever because we read that passage and we think Jesus is coming out saying you got to change you're bad you have to change what you're doing. you got to change your behaviors. you got to change what you're doing. You are not good. You need to change. When in actuality, he's saying, think again. Think differently. Reconsider me. Reconsider who I am. And it, it means even more in the original context, because in the original context, the Jews who he was preaching to, they were expecting him to come. They were expecting Messiah to come. But they were expecting uh, a militant warring ruler that was going to wipe out all their enemies and kill them. Not someone that was going to come in and love all their enemies. They weren't expecting that. And so he comes on the scene and he says to them, look again, think again. You need to think again about what this is all about. See, we can't, we can't have true repentance until we have a true realization and revelation of who Jesus is. We can't, we can't move forward in anything until we have a true revelation of who Jesus is. And, there's really just one way, well, there's multiple ways, but the best way to get a revelation of who Jesus is, read your Bible. It's that simple. I talk, I talk to the youth students all the time, just read your Bible, do your soap, read your Bible, read your Bible. This is the, everything in this book is about Jesus. If you want to get Jesus revealed to you, get in his word. If you want revelation, I talk to so many people that are saying, I want new, I want something new, new revelation. Why don't you just read the stuff he's already revealed to you? God has something to reveal to you, and it is his son, Jesus. And once you get a true revelation of who his son, Jesus, is through his word, you will will have true repentance. You'll have true repentance. See, anybody can change. It doesn't doesn't take, it takes, anybody anybody can change. Anybody can change. Anybody that that has done something wrong and suffered the consequences wants to change. If you've ever had to pay for a speeding ticket that was really expensive, You want to change. Hello, somebody. If you ever lived at North Central and you parked downtown illegally and got tons of parking tickets downtown, you want to change. Help me, Jesus. If you ever had too much to drink and, and you wake up with a hangover, you want to change. It doesn't take anything to change. Anybody can want to change. You don't need Jesus to change. But you need Jesus to find true repentance. And I, I, promise we're, I promise we're moving somewhere. And what, what we first need to understand about true repentance is true repentance is a gift from God. True repentance is a gift from God. Let's look at 2 Timothy 2.25. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance. If God perhaps will grant them repentance. Repentance is a gift from God. Look at Titus. Let's look at Titus. Titus uh, 3.5. Yes. He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done but because of his mercy he washed away our sins giving us new birth that's the repentance piece new birth and new birth and a new life this is okay this is where it gets really good through repentance we get the new birth and we get new life what you need to know is that true repentance always leads to repurpose True repentance will always lead to you being repurposed. And, and I love what Paul is saying there in Titus because he's essentially reiterating what we already read in, in Revelation 21.5. Behold, I make all things new. God is making all things new. Now, that word new, if you if you break it down, that word new is not talking about new in time. It's not talking about like a, a second beginning of something. That word new, what that is saying is that it is new in character. It is new in in purpose. It is completely fresh. And God is making all things new. He's giving all things a new purpose. God is giving all things a new, new perspective. God is giving all things, making it all fresh. God is making all things new. All things. Now, we could look at every single thing that God is going to make through, throughout the Bible, but we'd be here for like 48 hours. And I was told that I have to be done at seven because Alabama's playing tonight. Roll Tide. So there's two things that I just want to quickly look, look at. And uh, the first one is that in the repurposing of all things, according to Revelation 21.5, in the repurposing of all things, God is going to make a new earth. He's going to make a new earth. And I just want to touch on this quickly. But Revelation 21.5 is actually the fulfillment of a prophecy that Isaiah made in Isaiah 65 17 That says, Look, I am creating a new heaven and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. It's important to remember that. No one will even think about the old ones anymore. But it's prophesied about, he, he's making a new earth. And, and this, this new earth is described in, in Isaiah 11, uh, verses 6 through 9. It says, In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together, the leopard will lie down with the baby goat, the calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and the little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the cub, and the calf will lie down together. Next verse. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand into a nest of deadly snakes without harm. I want to pause right there. When God creates a new earth, I'm still not going to try that one. That wasn't a joke. I hate snakes. I absolutely hate snakes. Anyways, that's not important right now. Uh, Without harm, nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. All those things are great. And what that's really talking about is God creating the earth again to what it was originally supposed to be like. Peaceful, whole, man leading everything like, like Adam was supposed to. At the beginning, repurposing the earth. That was, that's the plan right there. But I love the ending because the ending is really comes back to repentance because it says, it says that as the waters fill the earth, or the waters fill the sea, so will the earth be filled with people who know the Lord. This new earth this repurposed earth, the way that God finishes writing what the repurposed earth is going to look like, he said it's going to be people that have a true revelation of who Jesus is. That's why we can't miss that. We need to get a revelation. Anyways, I need to move on. The second thing, and this is what I want to, to to bring, land the plane and come home on, is, is in the repurposing of all things, God is making a new you. God is making a new you. And this is it, it got good, and now it's, this is where it gets gooder, okay? God is making a new you. God is making a new you. Let's look at Second uh, Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And I love, I love what it says that the new has come. That it's not the new job has come. It's not... The new relationship has come, It's not the new finances have come, it's not the new whatever has come. It's saying that all things are new, like Titus 3:5 says, you're getting a new life. Everything about you will be new in Christ. And then I love how it says, the old is gone. It doesn't matter what your old is. We all have an old. I mean we all have an old, but in Christ, you're a new creation, the old. Is gone. I don't, I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what's been done to you. The old in your life is gone. You are a new creation. God has something brand new for you tonight. Let's look at 2 Corinthians four sixteen. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Our spirits are being renewed every day. It doesn't take too long to realize that our bodies are dying. Things are going south, okay? I went and played ultimate frisbee with some of the youth. I'm getting old. There's nothing I can do about it. Our bodies are getting old. But our spirit, our spirit, God is making all things new. He's making your spirit new, but it says right here, day after day after day after day. When you think you've done too much today, tomorrow he's got it new again for you. His mercies are new every morning. God has something new for you every day, every day, every day. He's got something new for you. Now, it's it's difficult for us to see that because of the the pain and the pressure and the things that are going on in this physical world. But if you would understand and get a true revelation of who Jesus is, be in Christ as a new creation, God's not just going to renew certain things, He's going to make a whole new you every single day. A whole new you every single day. He's going to give you a new perspective. He's going to give you new thoughts. He's going to give you new behaviors. He's going to give you new habits. He's going to give you new favor so that you can fulfill the new purpose that he has for you because he's repurposed you. God has something new for you. God has something new for you. And I only have a few minutes left, but there's there's somebody in the Bible, there's a lot of people in the Bible that that really embody this well, but the, the one person that I want to touch on tonight and, and, Jamin, you can come on back up and, and get on the keys. But there's one person that I want to touch on, and it's, it's Joseph. And most of us know the story of Joseph. It's, it's in, I'm not going to read all of it because it's from Genesis 37 all the way through Genesis 50. I'm a slow reader. So, but if you look at the life and the story of Joseph, things started out pretty well. God giving him dreams. His dad just loving him so much, giving him that special coat. And the end is great too. The end is awesome. He's the the right hand man to Pharaoh, administrating the rescue of, of, of everybody, making sure that people have enough food, making sure people have enough water because there's a severe famine coming. The story ends great. He's got power, he's got prestige, he's in a great place, he saves his family. But the in between, he has so many setbacks. So many setbacks. And it's easy for us to read this passage and say, wow, he's so good. You know, I can be just like him. But the thing is, we've seen the end of his story, and we haven't seen the end of ours yet. And that in-between time can be so crucial. And that in-between time is the time when we want to give up the most. That in-between time, just like Joseph had so many setbacks, we're going to have setbacks. But are we going to be like Joseph and stay faithful? not just in our bodies, but in our spirit, knowing that it's being renewed day by day by day, or are we going to give up? Joseph never, ever lost sight of the fact that God had something new for him. And he was content knowing that God had something new for him today. If you you look at the story of Joseph, the setbacks are unbelievable. Even before you get into Genesis 37, his mother dies giving birth to his younger brother, Benjamin. And then in 37, it talks about how he had a dream, and we know about the dreams that that, that Joseph had. But the second dream he had, he went to tell his father about it, and his father rebuked him for a dream that God had given him. That's a setback. His brothers, because of all those dreams, threw him in a pit, in a cistern, only after they decided not to murder him. He ends up getting sold into slavery, and then he's accused falsely of rape in Potiphar's house. And because of that, thrown into prison for two years in a dark prison. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a perfect person. I'm a pastor, but I'm not perfect. I would have given up. I would have given up. Not knowing the end of the story, I would have given up. But Joseph is so much different, and we can learn something from Joseph tonight. He knew that God makes all things new. Not his boss, not Pharaoh makes all things new. Not his cellmates make all things new. Not his father back home makes all things new. Not his brothers that threw him in the pit make all things new. But God makes all things new, and he stayed true to that. He knew that God was making all things new. He stayed faithful. See, the devil is going to put things in your way to set you back. But if you stay faithful to God, if you stay faithful to God, he's going to take those same situations and circumstances to set you up to fulfill the promises and the purpose that he has for you. He's making all things new. He's making all things new. And I love, the end of this story is unbelievable. Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. God is making all things new. God is making all things new, and tonight you have an opportunity, because God wants to make a new you, so that through you, he can fulfill the purposes and the promises that he has, not only for you, but for your friends, he has new purposes for your family, he has new purposes for your coworkers, he has new purposes for your house, he has new purposes for everything in your life, God is making everything new, and he has a new purpose for you tonight, if you believe that, give God some praise, if you believe that, give God some praise. God is making all things new. But it's, it's easy to hear that, and it's, I know the things actually believe it. I'm sure there's some of you out here right now that are saying, that's good preacher, but what about me, okay? I just feel right now that there are some people that are doubting the fact that God can truly make them a new creation, that their old can truly be done with, and that all things can be made new in their life. I believe there's some of you out there right now. But this, new, this repurposing thing, is, is, it might be new for HGTV. This is not new for God. God's been repurposing since the beginning of time. Joseph is, is just one example. Look at Moses. Moses murdered a man. Then was repurposed to set the Israelites free from slavery. Rahab. Was a prostitute, but God repurposed her to hide the Israelite spies so that they could get the rest of the Israelites through Jericho to win that city. Peter publicly denied Christ, and God repurposed him to build his church. Paul murdered Christians. Christ's followers murdered them for a living. And he was repurposed to not only be one of the greatest apostles of all times, but to write over half of the New Testament. He took a young man, a teenager, from this area that was broken, rebellious, sinful, running from the things of God and repurposed him to be a youth pastor in this church. And that's why I'm here to tell you tonight that God has something for you. God wants to repurpose you tonight. God wants to repurpose you tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed across this place. I'd be remiss to to not give an opportunity to accept Jesus in true repentance, to surrender your life to him, to say that I'm done living for myself. I want Jesus to be the ruler and the Lord of my life. And if you're in this place, and you've never done that and made that decision, or you've got repentance all wrong, and you think it's all about just discipline and doing the right things, and you've never truly gotten a revelation of who Jesus is, if either of those apply to you, I just simply, no one looking around, wants want you to slip your hand up. And I wanna pray for you, just simply slip your hand up. Yes. Yes, I see that. Awesome. Anybody else? You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Yes, I see that hand. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome, yes. Yes, you can put your hand down. I'll ask one more time. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life for the first time, or you just want to get repentance right, get a revelation of who Jesus is, just slip your hand up one more time. Yes, awesome. Yes, so glad we waited. Yes, yes, so good. We're going to pray, and and there's nothing special about the words that we say, but the Bible does say that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you can be saved. So I want you that raised your hands to repeat this prayer after me, and, and everybody in this room is going to repeat it along with you because we're a family. We're the body of Christ. And we're going to join with you in prayer. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I'm sorry for the things that I've done. I ask that you make them new. I surrender my life to you. Lord, have your way in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.